Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What I found interesting uh, was... uh, the results of a poll that was done by Ipsos Public Affairs for Global News. And the result is that the predominant view among Canadians is that Canada should be neutral with the Israel-Hamas war. So, uh, <laughs> this has not been a country that's been neutral on issues. We held more than our own in world wars. Yes, we had peacekeeping um, international efforts, but we have participated in wars. We were most recently in Afghanistan, and uh, again, Canada is not a neutral country. We're not. But the predominant opinion among Canadians is that this country should be neutral concerning the Israel-Hamas war. And it's a significant day, of course, because we also have the first batch of hostages released by Hamas yesterday in the four-day truce that is now two days old. And another batch of hostages is scheduled to be released, but Hamas is delaying it because they say Israel isn't living up to the letter of the agreement. Kind of saw that one coming up. So let's talk about this particular poll and a few others that give us an idea of where we stand in this country on a number of issues. Our good friend is Daryl Bricker, the CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs, the author of the book I insist everybody in this country should have and read. It's next. It's about what's going to happen in this country. Next, he's also the co-author of Empty Planet. Daryl, thanks for taking time. So you're asking me, you know, what what is the what is the polling saying about uh, about Canadians and their views on um, on the conflict yes, please. in the Middle East? And the what it shows is that Canadians, when it comes to this particular dispute, have a pretty neutral stance. And in fact, it's an overwhelming number of Canadians that do. It's into the 70s, uh, to the extent that they have a determined view on one side or the other. These are small groups of people. About 18% say that they're more pro-Israeli, and about 9% say that they're more pro-Palestinian. So, like, kind of like two to one. But still, the vast majority of Canadians, uh, um, their view is that Canada should either be, uh, you know, uh, a neutral. In this situation, that we should stay out of it, or we should just, you know, kind of keep to our own, our own, uh, our, our, our own issues, and really not bother with the Middle East. But by the way, I should say, Roy, this, this is not a surprise to me. I mean, the Canadians have had ambiguous opinions about the Middle East for a long time. Yeah, but uh, we've also been told by the Israelis. And I hope you can hear me okay now, Daryl. Yep. Is it all right? I know. Okay, yep. good. We fixed it. So guys, all we needed was a pit stop, and we got it all, all fixed, and we're back out on the track now. So, um, but we have, we've also been challenged by the prime minister of Israel, certainly the prime minister of our country has been challenged for things that he has said, and I suspect the challenges will not go, uh, will not simply go away. But this country does have a history of, uh, of, of not being neutral on issues. Is this a, is, I know you've said that, that we've, we've had 
you know, numbers of people in this country arguing that for neutrality and Middle, Middle East issues. But is this, is the level of response surprising to you at all? Uh, not really. I mean, we, we track this issue for a long time, and Canadians have had pretty ambiguous opinions, you know, at least as long as I can remember about the situation. Now, if we would have done the poll right after the October 7th event, um, I think that you would have seen, obviously, stronger support for Israel. But um, as you move along further, and as it gets into this war situation between Hamas and Israel in Gaza, uh, the pictures, um, the you know, the protests, all the things that have been coming out that kind of demonstrate some form of actually a considerable amount of suffering that's taking place among innocent civilians. And, and that's basically where Canadians have their attention focused. It's what's, what's happening to the innocents here, not what's happening between governments or what's happening from a military point of view or what the history is. It's, it's, it's about the human suffering that's going on. In that situation, their view is, if we're going to play any role, it's to stop that. Daryl, do the demographics or uh, gender issues come into play or regionally? Are there differences of opinion, different views, or is it pretty much across the board? Yeah, we're, we're talking, you know, some small differences between men and women, men being a bit more pro-Israeli, uh, some regional differences, Quebec being a little bit more uh, pro-Palestine in this particular situation. But they're not, they're, they're matters of degree, they're not matters of difference. Um, uh, the biggest difference that we see, tends to see, is between older and younger Canadians, and y- older Canadians being more pro-Israeli and younger Canadians either, not necessarily being more pro-Palestinian, but definitely more neutral. Mm-hmm. Are you able to extrapolate from this particular poll what the public opinion might be for the cheering of Hamas and Hamas's brutality, the murders, the rapes, the kidnappings on October the 7th, the, 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 the demonstrations that have taken place in this country pro-Hamas? Can you extrapolate what the support for that might be from the polling? Very weak. Um, so you know, when you look at the pro sort of the pro-Palestinian side of this, uh, it's about it's about ten percent to the extent they want Canada to take a take a position on this. But if you ask specifically about Hamas, it would be much much smaller. But uh, you know, the, the, just to caution everybody here, when it, when you talk about protests, it doesn't take very many people to have a very disruptive protest. We saw in the Gardner Expressway that probably was no more than twenty people out there with signs that completely disrupted traffic. So it looks like a lot, but it not, isn't necessary. So, uh, Canadians don't, uh, I, I wouldn't say, uh, have a great degree of, degree of sympathy for anybody who's out there protesting on behalf of Hamas. Okay. Now, in some countries, and particularly in European countries, the issue of immigration has come up when this issue of the war between Israel and Hamas has been discussed at the political level, at the societal level, in, in media. Is, is immigration a part of the discussion in this country? On this issue, not as much, I would say. Uh, The problem that we have on immigration right now is that what's happened is that there's always been a, a, you know, a group of Canadians who just don't like change as a result of immigration. You could put it down to their personal values or whatever. Um, But what's happened is pretty rational people are having problems with immigration these days, mainly because of the cost issue, particularly related to real estate in the country. So there's, there's, there's a fair amount of uh, I, I would say uh, anxiety about the effect of inc- huge amounts of immigration on people being able to uh, uh, maintain s- sustainable rents or or buy homes. 
to the extent that there's you know these downtown protests, and they are mostly downtowns or universities, uh, are demonstrating people with great degrees of loyalty to the countries that they came from. That that's a little bit more kindling on the fire, I would say. So it's it's putting all of this together is making immigration um, uh, a bit of a tougher sell these days than it was, say, for, for example, five years ago. Yeah, what I see in emails and what I hear from people is, if you immigrate to Canada and this is your home then you should leave your old arguments, old wars, old enmities um, outside this country, certainly as much as possible. And, uh, and, and that's, that seems to be a cornerstone argument that I've heard and, and seen in, in emails. And certainly it's, uh, it's one that has been brought up in, in European countries where I think the immigration issue is more of an issue than it, than it is in Canada. So, Daryl, things have not gone well for Mr. Trudeau and his uh, Liberal Party, obviously in polling for some time now. Um, when it comes to the current reality, and he's desperately trying to fight back with the economic statement, which has been not terribly well received. We're going to talk about that later on in the program today. How would you assess the level of support Mr. Trudeau and his government have now? Oh, it's basically collapsed. I mean, they're down to below their historical core. Uh, it's as bad as I've seen for the Liberal Party since any time since Michael Ignatieff. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, if 2023 was a, a, not a very good year for the Liberals, 2024 is shaping up to be even worse. And he's earned it. I mean, that's just my opinion. Um, yeah, to the extent that people have an opinion of the, of the Liberal Party right now, it's their opinion of him. They're, they're moving in lockstep. And uh, there's no difference, really, between the liberal brand and Justin Trudeau, which, by the way, is, is essentially what the, the new group of liberals who took over just prior to the 2015 election counted on. But in this game, you know, what's, what makes you strong makes you weak. 2015, it was a great thing. Today, it's really not working for them. Mm -hmm. Well, I tweeted out the other day or X'd out the other day. We're going to have to settle on one or the other. Um, that if people laugh at you or are angry at you, that's a problem. But if people turn their backs on you, that's an insurmountable problem. Are we at that stage now, do you think, where it's impossible for Mr. Trudeau, regardless of what may happen as far as activities, government activities in this country are concerned, regardless of what Mr. Polyev may or may not do, that it's too late for Trudeau to turn things around and rescue another election from the abyss. So two points on that, Roy. The first one is it's it's not that Pierre Polyev is beating Justin Trudeau right now. I mean, I think that you know conservative partisans probably would like to see it that way. But really what's going on in terms of public opinion at the moment is is people's reaction to Justin Trudeau independent of anything that the uh, uh, that the opposition parties are doing. So it you know Pierre Polyev's not necessarily a very well received leader in Canada either. His negatives are actually quite high. But this is really driven by people's reaction to Justin Trudeau, independent of anything else, else that's going on. Uh, the second thing is, I'm supposed to say that anything can happen. And, you know, I guess anything could, but what that anything would be is very hard to see. Um, it would probably have to be an external crisis of some huge degree 
that requires us to rally around the flag. But we already had that with the COVID crisis, and it lasted for a very short time for Justin Trudeau. Or it would have to be some huge revelation about the leader of the opposite, the next potential prime minister that you know was completely unexpected and really catches people off guard and really makes them judge him very, very harshly that might create a situation in which uh, Mr. Trudeau would move up a little bit. But then the expectation I would have is that Mr. Singh would probably move up <laughs> rather than Mr. Trudeau. So he's in a very tough, very tough spot. Yeah, he's grasping at plastic straws, if I may say that. Uh, the economy is still issue number one, right? Well, it's not so much the economy. Uh, it's it's really people are looking at the cost of living. Yeah, so personal, personal like economies. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really what's happening in your four walls and with your family. Mm-hmm. And every time you go to the grocery store, or every time you look at your mortgage payment, or every time you look at your rent check, you're sitting there going, oh my God, I don't know if I'll be able to keep up with this. And it's what they're going through right now, but also anticipating that it's going to get worse. And this is what makes the, you know, the incredible difficult environment for particularly the federal government. I mean, the province and the cities are not necessarily getting by great on these things either, but the real focus right now is on the federal government. Okay, okay. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.